Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. My name is Brian and joining me my co-host, Chaos, returning from an honestly probably like a worst couple of weeks having your account hacked. So much just good chaos has been going on in Chaos's life. And joining us today for the first time, Lono from SNTR presents Say No to Rage. We're going to be talking about New World. We're going to be talking about uh, pretty much a lot of different games. Uh, as this is a conversational podcast, we who knows what direction we might go in. There's been some breaking news this week with Activision Blizzard, so that is on the table, but we'll see if we end up exploring that in this episode. We'll save that later um, if we end up running long, we'll end up cutting it. Now, I do want to say shout out to Luke for his epic sponsorship of this podcast, helping us to bring it into MP3 form. You can now subscribe to Epic Loon Radio on MP3 on any podcast platform. Just search it, whether you like Google, Apple, doesn't matter, Spotify, search Epic Loon Radio, subscribe and give us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. I've been enjoying reading the reviews so far. Now, beyond that, uh, if you guys want to jump out and help support the podcast, check out Ginger Gaming Radio. We do have a membership option uh, key. Thank you so much for joining that. That's going to be one way to help support the show in the long run. So that way we don't have to rely on big money donations coming from the community. I do thank you guys so much for your support. But before we just go on on just a kind of a thank you for the support, let's go ahead and talk to our first our guest, the first time on the podcast itself, Lono. Once you introduce yourself to those who might not have heard of you, might not know your your content, your platform, the floor is yours. Well, yeah, I go by Lono, and uh, we we house a lot of content now under the SNTR Network sort of banner. We have SNTR Presents, that's like the main show, and then we have SNTR Shorts and SNTR Gaming because not everybody wants to watch a live broadcast every day. So we take little segments from the daily show on SNTR presents. And that's what shorts is for. Cause yeah, you know, people come to YouTube. A lot of times they look for like short videos, not a four hour stream. And so that's what that is there for. And then SNTR gaming where I accidentally sent everybody <laughs> instead of sending them here. Cause I, uh, I thought we were recording. They're all over there watching a, a Pokemon unite premiere. So I use the gaming channel for like short, we're trying something different with it. We're kind of recording short segments of newer games instead of feeling like I have to go over there and stream. Uh, originally, SNTR Presents was mainly about Destiny, and now I no longer cover that game. And so it made sense to start to bring gameplay back to the main channel since it's about variety gaming content now. So today we were playing Dark Souls 3 to lead up to Elden Ring. We're doing a thing called From Fridays. And all throughout this week, I was playing uh, two days. I played New World. And then the one day we couldn't play a game because EA Live happened in the afternoon. So yeah. Monday through Friday, we're over there chopping it up. Variety gaming coverage or variety gaming gameplay. That's fantastic. So outside of that, like uh, Elden Ring, you said you've been playing that. As a variety content creator now, obviously, like you big in the Destiny community, that is no longer a thing. If you guys are interested about that story, that's been covered uh, like by, I think, 100 YouTubers by now. Um, so we don't need to like relitigate any of that. But the idea is that how are you finding variety content from a content creator's perspective? I'm very curious. Yeah. This is just, you know, your floor is yours. Yeah, it's interesting because th they're... I think there's a tipping point where there's more good than bad. I think when it starts out, it's almost equally good and bad because you're like, here's all the good things. There is no limit on what you can cover. YouTube's enormous. And when you only appeal to one you know, community, you're not appealing to what is essentially one of the, 
I think the largest user base sites in the world. You're not appealing to the entire user base. You're appealing to like just those people. So that's good. And it's also good because you can feel yourself get into a bit of a rut. You're like, I've been covering this game for five years and how often and how many times can we talk about, you know, bounties or whatever. So the, the sense of freedom and liberty and sort of the sky is the limit and now I can do other things is really, really nice. But when you first start out, there's also a ton of bad because you don't even know what people want to hear, what people want to know about. You don't have a central core to like pull people in with anymore. Right. So obviously everything takes a hit, all of your metrics and no matter how often people want to talk about, you know, don't pay attention to metrics, don't pay attention to metrics. You kind of have to, um, especially if you're like me, we're, you know, single income family. My, my wife is with the kids all day, just bought a house last year. It's like, Congrats. I've, thank you. It's like, I've, I've got to make money. You know, that's an aspect <laughs> of it. It's got to, yeah. it's got to generate revenue and you have to think about those things. And that can corrupt the progress. Uh, I'm sorry, the process, because we started variety coverage. It was like, I think it was like late April, May, late April or, or early May. And it was, it was really good starting out. And that really, I think tricked us into thinking we, we were all, this is going to be an easy transition. <laughs> if only we knew what was waiting for us, which was lots of sub loss, lots of viewership going down. Initially, I think, people were just interested in sort of the drama and what had happened. And, oh my gosh, this guy got banned blah, and everybody's waiting to see, like, is he going to pop? Like, is this guy going to lose it? Um, I think a lot of people felt like they were watching a slow motion car crash because they were just sort of waiting. Is, is this guy going to completely lose his grip? And when that didn't happen and we settled into a very predictable rhythm of variety coverage, everything started to go down because I think people just were like, well, he's not going to cover that game. And, you know, he's not having a mental breakdown on stream. This isn't interesting anymore. And so they, they moved on. Uh, but now it's more good than bad. Now we kind of know what we're doing. We took some really hard lumps and some hard lessons. And now it's just exciting. It's like, yeah. what it, what's happening? You know, um, when the thing happened Monday, you know, Sunday, they say, if you hear the lawnmower, sorry, it's Friday afternoon. I... They announced on Sunday that, you know, they're going to do this Tom Clancy announcement on Monday. Yeah, well, that's that was like, oh, yeah, yeah, something to do, something to watch, something to cover. But that also means when that's not happening, you kind of have to figure out what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to I'm going to have to squeeze blood from a stone. There's nothing happening some days. So and that's when you have to get creative and that's when you have to kind of come up with like, what are we going to do when that happens? Featuring like indie titles on my smaller channel or trying to come up with like really strong opinion pieces. So we're trying to like shelve opinion pieces and save them for rainy days. Cause we know that's going to happen. Like news just dries up. You're not going to have EA play every week. You're not going to have right. a trailer dropping all the time. And then there's like a, a deluge of games on the horizon. Like we've waited and waited and waited for launches. And then all of a sudden they're all going to start landing in very, very close succession. So we've kind of reached that tipping point where we know kind of what to expect from the channel. And that's tough to see like, oh man, our, our baseline is now here. It used to be here, but the perspective of like, okay, but the potential of growth is so much larger and the sense of freedom and just getting into a better mental space too. Like we changed a lot of like my daily routine about, you know, 
not late working until like super late. Exactly. Uh, you and I have a lot of similarities because I'm a, a provider for the family. And there's mm-hmm. just like a crazy extra level of pressure, you know, yep. and I don't really talk about it. I don't need to really go into it here. But like I can I can completely relate to that feeling of like if I'm not working, like am I, I'm I'm behind. Mm-hmm. And it's like and then my wife is, you know, thankfully that kind of that bridge to say you need to be done because you're going to suck tomorrow if you don't, <laughs> you know, yep. it's like you got to get up tomorrow. Like tomorrow's going to come take a break, Brian. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Any other thoughts on that one? Because I, I sorry I jumped in. No, no, that's perfect because that is so true. Like the content suffers when you're suffering, like the content should flourish if you're flourishing. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the numbers are going to be there, but for me, it's like, I'm intelligent enough to know and experienced enough to know every day will not be a banger. Like you're going to have weak days, (laughs) especially in variety. Like you're going to think, and this is what happened a couple of times. So like, oh, this is going to be a big one. This can be a big topic and a big day. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes it just, doesn't hit right sometimes the youtube algorithm just crosses his arms and says nah your video is going nowhere today and then other days your video takes off like a rocket and you don't like Um, sometimes i'm like i don't even know why (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) that uh what's that game that they they went in early access on the playstation um arcadegeddon i i streamed that on my gaming channel and three days later it just just took off and got all these views i'm like what the what is like and so you can get discouraged, you can get lost in the numbers, and it's. I think it's easier to have a sober and an honest, uh, like, I guess, headspace about numbers and money if you're in a healthy place. Like, if you're not in a healthy place, you're going to be so unstable. Like, the slightest drop in numbers or the slightest slowdown or the downturn is going to be just be gutting. And so I, I, I talked to my producer. I was like, I, we have to change the logistics of my day to day. If I'm working till 11 and the next day is a stinker, I get an hour into the stream and I want to shut down. I'm yeah. Like, for, forget this. I'm tired. I worked till late last night. I don't have a life and, and it's not even worth it. It's one thing when the numbers are there. Holy moly. Like when, when I was, when I was, you know, really growing in 2019 and early 2020, well, it's easy to pour the, you know, pour oh, yeah. the coal into the fire. Cause it's just hot. But when you're pouring the coal into the fire and nothing's happening, it's like, okay, <laughs> like this isn't working. So that we made a lot of changes that has really helped my headspace and my attitude. And I've got some other personal things that have happened with respect to my own life and mental health and my faith. And we even want to make a channel about that just because I think it could be really good. And so right now we have made space for it and we're not going to fill it. We're just going to say, can we maintain this for a month or so? And no, that slot of time would be perfect for this project. If we can't maintain that, we'll have to rethink, but we didn't want to dive into it and then have to stop or like rethink it. So we're like, okay, logistically, can we make space for a new project? And if yes, let's maintain that for a while and then maybe dive in. Yeah, that's, it's so important, such a message, essentially what you're talking about, because uh, a lot of like I've I've kind of when I talk to people, it's like there's a lot of highs and lows in content creation and you have to find that balance or it will destroy you. And I like the only person I would say, like when anybody's like saying, hey, should I get into content creation? I always kind of like the one thing I would say, the only person I could think right now that I would say does not need to be in it is somebody who's bipolar because mm-hmm. those highs and those lows will just like throw could throw you for a loop. And it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's important not to obsess about the numbers. Chaos, I'm going to bring you in because you you feel like you, uh, like privately we've been talking right before the Alona joined us. Uh, you've been going through uh, like that downturn right now. 
uh, and you've uh, you've expressed to me like some stress and and, uh, and some frustration along with your like Discord account being hacked. Guys, if y'all aren't aware and you're new to the show, uh, Chaos is usually my uh, my number two chair, but uh, he's been out for a couple of weeks because he's just had a lot of stuff to deal with. Do you want to do you want to kind of touch on what uh, Lono just said at all, or do we want to just dive into New World? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, what Lono was saying there, I'm pretty much a prime target there. Um, recently, as uh, some of you might be aware, my Discord was hacked, and Discord was very um, unfriendly with support. But the people that were there that were in my Discord were also the people that were following me on YouTube and Twitch. And they, because they got scared or freaked out by what happened, they instantly like stopped watching my content in fears that they might get hacked. They instantly um, unsubscribed. I think I've lost something in the region of about 250 subs in two weeks. Um, and it's, you know, from hitting numbers where you're quite happy with as a small content creator for it crashing down to almost nothing. Like Leno was saying, it can affect, at least me, it, it was, it was, it's been quite traumatic, but you've just got to kind of ignore it as we were discussing earlier and just push through. Um, it's not been easy, um, but you know, a lot of the bad stuff is now behind and I've kind of set myself on a new path and those that still want to support what I do are still there. And I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into the fun because this week has been, has had its up and downs, but uh, we've all played uh new world chaos. You were talking a little bit. I know Lona, you covered the little, the, the graphics card uh, issue essentially has been reported that actually impacted you chaos. Why do you want to talk about, uh, let's start with the, uh, the positive side of what we've experienced with New World. Let's then talk, and then we'll transition into the graphics card. All right, yeah. Um, so, first start of the game, the intro was pretty awesome. Really enjoyed it. It set the scene. The actual opening area was pretty cool with the whole shipwreck, the kind of dead pirate, you know, the kind of tempered enemies. Yeah, 14 reference, but it works. <laughs> um, I really liked it going into the caves and stuff and... It's the first MMO that I've actually used the keyboard and mouse with. I was watching your video guide on the controller mapping, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. Keyboard and mouse. First time ever. Proper virgin. And uh, <laughs> it actually worked, and I was yeah. really enjoying it. The, my first impressions of it was actually pretty decent. Some of the stuff, um, like the skinning the boar and stuff, took a little long. So I think there's a little bit of um, pacing there, but overall, in terms of combat and menus and you know aesthetics, the game looked alright. It was definitely going in the direction that I was okay with. It didn't blow me away, but I was only about two hours into it at that time before disaster struck. So, uh, well, before but, we get into the disaster, Lona, what was your what's your first impressions uh, with New World? Yeah, mine were pretty positive because I have always thought, and, and people were sort of asking before New World launched, you know, what is it about MMOs that you think sort of needs to change to to sort of, I guess, transcend or contextualize to where we are now with gaming? And the two things I highlighted was I said the graphics and the combat, I, I think, are the biggest turnoff to people that didn't get hooked by early era EverQuest or World of Warcraft or some of the others it just 
if those games hooked you, you don't really care about any of those things. You're just sort of in, and it's in your blood now. And so for the average person, or even the, the person that's become more of a hobbyist gamer, I felt like the graphics and the combat were huge barriers. Because back when EverQuest and World of Warcraft started, I felt that the average person had no interest in them. It was kind of anomalous, because I remember playing Quake and Unreal Tournament, and my friends got hooked on those games. I'm like, what are you doing with, with your life? This is insane, the time you're putting in. And I missed, I missed my Quake and Unreal Tournament buddies. And now I think the time that you need to put into an MMO is more palatable and more common. Like, I think more gamers put in that amount of time throughout a week into mobile games or games like destiny games like elder scrolls that well, elder scrolls is a bit of an mmo too but it doesn't quite have that world of warcraft feel or the everquest feel and so i thought man if new world is going to nail it they're going to need to nail the graphics and the combat and those are kind of the two things i'm hearing the most positive feedback from folks who typically sit out from an mmo they typically are like nah, no thank you and so I, I, I felt the same way. I felt like, yeah, the, the, the graphics are right where you want them. They're not, they're not blowing my mind, but they're, they're good. Like the lighting effects, the fog, the water, the trees. It feels good to be in the world. It doesn't sort of feel like I'm playing a dated or sometimes I always felt like when I would try to play an MMO, I felt like everything's muted. Mm -hmm. Colors, texture, vibrancy, everything's turned down and bland or real wooden and so that stood out immediately and i think their their middle ground approach on combat between sort of being action oriented and mmo oriented is good but i'm i, I and i like it but i'm concerned the clunkiness and some of the lack of fluidity is going to end up being a turnoff to the people it's meant to pull in like it's meant to kind of pull in the more non-traditional mmo fan that just likes an action adventure game but it kind of has that clunky rigidity of an MMO. It's it's sort of an in-between. And so I, I, I know they don't want to do animation cancel. I guess they've answered questions about that. And that I don't necessarily think is the only thing they could do to increase fluidity. So for me, the two things I, I kind of highlighted as positives were graphics and combat. But then the concern on the back end I had was, man, I don't know, combat might end up becoming a bit of a, a sore spot for people after a long play session. It's going to be interesting to see in the long run, how that ultimately plays out. I'd add music to the list of really high notes that the yeah. game delivers on. Um, for me, uh, like I, I said, the story uh, a couple times, but it's like I grew up in East Texas. I was born in East Texas, uh, lots of trees, tall trees. Uh, and so stepping into the game, like it was kind of stepping into what I remember about childhood, you know, like this big world. That's just like, you know, like massive running from place to place and being a, avid Final Fantasy 14 player, no walls or barriers or loading screens, all that being kind of handled by the game itself. I uh, just truly lets me get lost in these, in these adventures that I'm on. I also like, I've seen a lot of people debate is new world, a sandbox game. Is it a theme park game? And I've long stated that it's a sand park. It's a hybrid model where, yeah, maybe the theme park isn't going to be as strong as somebody coming from world of Warcraft might be used to or final fantasy 14 might be used to or somebody coming from like eve online or elite dangerous for a sandbox coming in it might not but it i think it does a decent enough job and i think that's all it really needs to do because one of the things that i've seen over like when you compare about future mmos that are 
on the horizon. I see a lot of a uh, lot of lot of hope put into Ashes of Creation as a game where people say it's going to save the MMORPG genre. And all I've heard about New World, even though after I played it, I go, I don't know why people think this game is going to suck. Like, I think it was really good. Like, I really I, I came away from this this week, but even the preview a year ago going like, mm. yeah, like this is this is something special. If nothing else, like a potential like Amazon has something here if they want to keep working to refine that into something uh, like magical, that's going to be up to them. But all New World has to be is better than suck. And it and it, and it delivers on the expectation a lot of people have for it. And all Ashes of Creation has to do is save an entire genre of a game. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure for a $40 million budget <laughs> versus like Amazon saying, um, yeah, we can run this at a loss for a decade. We don't care. We're going to send somebody to the moon in a penis shaped like rocket. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's like, what's going on? It's a whole new world, guys. And that's like, I think that's something that's going to be ultimately fascinating. Now, Chaos, you said you ran into some issues. Let's talk about the uh, the graphics cards problems that, that are plaguing the game. Well, yeah, like um, I got to the first town and my PC was breathing like a, you know, a dragon onto my legs. What graphics card if do you I, have? And that way you can kind of I set have a specs. EVGA 2080 Super. And it was breathing like a fire-breathing dragon. And then my chat just started going crazy telling me hey you know have you heard about this this and i said it's fine don't worry you know i'm running at um 70 frames per second everything set to ultra it's going great and then i thought you know what let me just check the temperatures and my graphics card was a little high so not too bad but then i checked my cpu which is supposed to be around what 80 75 80 and it was like 105 degrees I'm surprised my machine didn't blue screen. Then I kind of went to a quiet area and it spiked to 110. And yeah, that was it. Uh, it wasn't worth risking it at that point. No, definitely 110 not. degrees on a CPU, even in like um, quiet areas where there's no anyone around, there was something clearly wrong there. So I just said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. Um, until this is optimized or fixed, I, I can't justify burning through a 900 pound graphics card. <laughs> or, a, or a 700 pound processor for that matter in a world where silicon is like the bottleneck to the like entire you know like shipping and, and receiving world you know it's like oh you want new servers well we everybody we we're behind the car guys because we can't even make new cars right now like that's that's how it is and Look. it's a shame because you know up until that point i was enjoying what i was doing um i wasn't blown away but there was enough there to keep me wanting playing. Um, something that Lono touched on with the animation cancelling, I noticed that straight away, and that was I thought that was a little annoying. I kind of expected there to be animation cancelling in something that was designed in the way it is. There's no active cooldown or anything, you know, global cooldowns or anything that I saw outside of your skills. Just freestyle combat should at least have some form of animation cancelling. Um, cause I, I died at least once, um, because I assumed, Hey, I can roll back as soon as I hit. No, you can't. I can tell you from experience, you cannot roll after you've decided to hit something. You will mm. die if you've got no health. So Lona, what's your take on the whole graphics card uh, situation? Like, uh, like I know the new world devs said that they're just using the standard API calls. Um, mm -hmm. and then it seems like, uh, this might be related to a specific manufacturer of the card. What's your take yep. on it? 
from what I've gathered, there's a couple of videos and posts that have done extensive research on this prior to New World's closed beta even launching. And the the conclusion that these guys came to was that there is an inherent flaw in these cards that especially the 3090s apparently there is vram or something on the back side of the card that is not heat synced and it gets exceptionally hot and typically i'm a bit of a layman here but when equipment gets too hot in a computer people that are familiar with overclocking know what this is you know you push it too far gets unstable or shuts down and it shuts down to protect itself well what was happening was people were getting that shutdown and then booting the game back up and apparently the cards were already so hot that they burned themselves out which again seems strange why there wouldn't be a fail safe to even prevent anything from happening like hey your card's already too hot blink and it would just shut down that's what you would expect to happen so there seems to be some sort of an inherent design flaw in these cards that's causing it but it's also pointing out there's something inside of new world that's pushing systems a little too hard. It seems to be the uncapped frames. Like if you have uncapped frames, yeah, it, it's pushing the system too far. And it's, getting, it's getting really, really hot. And, and it's the, not, go ahead. I was like, and that is actually something you can change. So anybody's listening yes. to this from a news perspective, go in your settings, scroll down to the graphics and set it from uncapped, which is the default to a cap 60, you know, 60 frames. And honestly, I can't tell the difference. And I, I haven't had any problems though uh, with my mm. PC. Thank, thank goodness. Go ahead. Yeah, mine was uncapped as well, by the way, just adding to it. Yes, and I cap mine typically capped at 60 with V-Sync on. I feel I get cleaner capture. I do pass-through with an Avermedia external card, and I always feel like I get a cleaner capture when I do that just because OBS and the broadcast is only at 60 anyway. And so when you're sending it in consistent frame rates, it, it always can look a little choppy. And so I'm like, if I send it a clean 60, it usually looks really good on stream. And I know I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not getting my, I usually go 120 cap because that divides down to 60 very cleanly. But in this case, I mm -hmm. just did the 60. I wasn't expecting to get more than 60 anyway. The areas are incredibly dense and there's care. There's people everywhere. What kind right? of hardware do you run? Do you mind sharing? Like just so for knowledge for the, for chat. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2080 Ti. I don't know the rest. It's, it, it's, it was a pre-built system we got my wife to run like Borderlands 3 at like really good settings back when it came out. And so it's a good system. Like it's not a, it's not like I'm not running a 3090, you know, it's not crazy, but this would be, I would, I would consider it to be an upper level uh, performance machine. Yeah. Um, but I just know in games like MMOs and stuff, you're going to have awful frames in town you're going to have awful frames in some of the areas if you're if you're going for high frames you're going to notice those dips so i'm like ah, 60 solid 60 i'm happy um we had similar things with horizon zero dawn's pc port it just seems to run way better when i capped it at 60 beyond that we got we just had a lot of weird behavior in the game that's that's related to the port and that game never really originally being built for 60 but I've, I've had this experience before. So the, the research that I did on it seemed to indicate that the cards themselves have an inherent flaw that needs to be addressed and capping and even rolling back drivers can help. But also it's not just new world, it's games. Any game that can like go nuts on frames all of a sudden can really overheat these cards. And since they're not properly in, this is opinion obviously, but people are like, they're not properly heat synced. Um, because ordinarily, your computer gets too hot, reboots, it comes back on. By the time it's back on, everything's kind of cooled down. 
Um, and it sounds like these cards are not doing that, which is why they fried themselves. Yeah, and that's real. That's a real big uh, troubling uh, concern. Now, uh, Blue Net Gaming says like I've you know got the game ready to run, but I'm scared to run it. I end up destroying my equipment. What do you guys think? And for me, I run a 3080. I got an AMD like Nvidia X like processor. I, I I'm able to crush this game. Um, but seeing the news, I I have not had a problem. I like this. My system is also set up to alert with all kinds of things. If I go into it, like even if the CPU gets into the 80s you know centigrade or whatever uh, celsius centigrade um and so it's like honestly like i'm not worried about uh overheating um for me personally because i just already have uh def defaultos but i went ahead and just because of it set it to 60. now they've already also released a patch that basically caps the frame rate on menus essentially i think the like the kind of the pairing was like it was uncapped and then the menus just went bonzo nuts and uh so honestly i would say just go in set your frame rate to cap and, and if, honestly, if you're really worried, it's a beta. Your your character's getting wiped anyway. Like, just wait till the release where they'll be able to compile the data and find the issue. And most likely, I do agree with what a lot of people are saying, that it is most likely due to uh, an issue with the manufacturing of these cards and an issue that is unfortunately taking where it's, you know, like you find this, this bug uh, from a game. And we've actually, I remember there was a time where uh, Excel like had this massive recall in processors, like Excel discovered a bug, like we're literally a calculation always proved false. Like it was just wrong. And then they found it a, a problem with Intel. And that was a big drama back in the nineties because it was like they had issued all these processors and then there was this massive bug and recall. So it's, it's things like this happen uh, from time to time, but I wouldn't ultimately be too concerned. Uh, not enough to, you know, like just set it to uncat at uh, cat frame rate and you should be fine um, for now. All right, so uh, any any other thoughts regarding kind of the cap frame uh, the the frame rate or uh, new world? Uh, I think we I mean I've touched on what I want to say, uh, Lona. I yeah I think that's it. I mean I did the the only thought I had this morning was I don't doubt a game like this. I've said similar things about Battlefield twenty forty two. I don't doubt their ability to be a commercial success initially. The big question mark for me is can it endure you know one or two months in are people going to be continuing to play or what i said are, are you going to are you, are you going to lose the traditional mmo fans because the depth is a little thin comparatively and are you going to lose the the, the more non-traditional mmo fans because of the the combat things that i talked about or maybe they just feel like it's there's too much there's too much depth the question is can you have people in the middle right is there enough middle in the venn diagram to really sustain this game long term enough people that like the the mmo elements or the action elements elements that's the question mark for me i i think this game is primed to be a commercial success they peaked at one hundred ninety thousand concurrent on the steam charts so that's pretty good um for a beta so i that's that's not in question at this point i think it'll be a commercial success is how will it do you know a month or two in what do you think Kev? when you say it's not um for the game doesn't go in depth what do you mean by that the more traditional MMO fans that have hung out in my community, so I'm attempting to be a mouthpiece for them. <laughs> yes, I'm an MMO fan. I hang out in your community. Yeah. We're all MMO yeah. fans. Yeah. The more, so the guys that are fans of more traditional MMOs 
Warcraft, World of Warcraft and stuff, have said they felt like there's a lack of depth because of the class. There's no classes. There's so much freedom. And it seems very easy and straightforward to do certain things. So I'm attempting to kind of represent that shade of like people like, yeah, there's just not enough depth here for what I was looking for. Now, I've I've had fans of MMOs say, oh, I love this. I think this is great. This is the, all the things I got annoyed by in the other MMOs. I don't have to worry about that in this game. Um, so it, it, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like if they, if they're coming from EverQuest or World of Warcraft, they won't like it, but I do think there's, there are, there are subsets of that, like traditional MMO fan base that will get into this in about two weeks in be like, yeah, the depth isn't there just because I don't necessarily think new world is building it to feel like a traditional MMO. I do think they're trying to ride that middle of be more approachable, be more accessible, but also at its heart, they still want to be an MMO. And I, I, that's the concern is in an effort to be more approachable and accessible, are you going to lose the traditional fans faster? And then if you do, are you going to capture enough non-traditional MMO fans to sort of balance it out? See, for me, I see exactly what you're saying. If we go back to like traditional MMOs, um, I spent about seven, eight years playing Final Fantasy 11. Um, Doing like one quest chain could take well over 15 hours. You'd start from the beginning. By the time you've gathered everyone, get get from point A to point B, fight your first boss and whatnot, that level of commitment isn't available to a lot of people these days. We look at gamers as ourselves, as like we spend all our t- free time playing video games, and then we look at other people and we're like, how can you not have 10 minutes per day or an hour per day just for you to play games? And they're like, I don't have that time. And it, it boggles my mind. So, I mean, I understand how you guys must feel the same. But I think what Amazon is going for here is exactly what you're saying. They're going for that streamlined approach where you can play the game for a couple of hours with your friends and get a metric done you know, get a metric ton done in that time where you feel like your time is being rewarded. After all, it is a buy-to-play game. It's not a subscription-based. If And as long as the players are being rewarded, the experience is good. Sure, they may lose the people at the top elite level. But as we know, there's a lot more middle ground for a window of players than there is for the top 10%. You've got the 90% at the bottom as a much bigger market. And even if they spend two, three hours a day or two hours a day inside your world, that'll be more than the 10% or the 5% of the elite of the hardcore gamers that are there. So going for that market, I think, is a hell of a lot more yeah. advisable for Amazon because you've got WoW, you've got 14 who are right now just, you know, well, I wouldn't say WoW's killing it, but 14 is killing it right <laughs> now. Um couldn't even get into the game for a while. But, you know, you've got, like, their endgame hardcore raids, and there's a lot of depth to 14. There's a lot of rotations to learn and patterns to learn and things like this. And a lot of people that I talk to get put off by this. They don't want that. They just want a really, you know, streamlined game where they can just go in with a bunch of friends and just have some fun, go kill some bad guys, defeat a boss, pick up some loot, get some upgrades, and move on to the next quest. And I think if New World can land that right, they're not going to be there for like World Fests or stuff like that, but they will definitely be riding the Kool-Aid for a while. I think the uh, the fact that they don't have a subscription is going to be a key 
advantage for them because Amazon can afford to run this game for a long period of time and have committed to doing so. You know, they, they say they have a 10 year plan. I think for them, it's all going to be about action rather than words. Cause at the end of the day, uh, they already, they pulled their one game out of release and back into beta and then just canceled it. All right. Uh, they have the, they're publishing <laughs> lost Ark later this fall. So gamers don't know Amazon like game studios. Like they, we just don't. And trust is a huge aspect, especially when it comes to anything financially viable. But uh, I do think they have a unique advantage. And so just like Lona was talking about uh, in terms of like, yeah, it's probably going to be a financial success. And I'm going to get to Paul's gaming comment here in a second. But um, you're going to get you'll get the hype and then it's going to fall right off. And it, people are going to go back to where they're comfortable, right? Like most likely people are going to probably return to Final Fantasy 14. That's right now the new hotness. I, I probably see that continuing on all the way, at least through Endwalker up to some point. And then things will probably kind of, you know, simmer down or settle down. Um, it'll be interesting to see if people are truly done with WoW. MMOs aren't just a game. They're, they are a community. And so, like, if your community, your friends are the people you've gamed with for 15 years that you've been to their weddings with or, like, I'm going to go do this. Like, there's that natural, like, magnetism where people like to play games together. Like, we all play these multiplayer online games because it gives us a sense, especially this last year, that we're connected to somebody, you know? even if we can't physically be there. And uh, and so I think that we'll naturally see that. What Amazon, like, it, I don't really think it's about the release because I think it's about uh, year one. Do they come out with an expansion one year later? And if so, um, what does that look like? Because essentially that starts to communicate to, to gamers that we're in it for the long haul. Your time is respected. Your investment in your character is respected. You're, there is a community here that's, that you know so you can have people to play with you're not going to just be in this solo simulator that was my problem with world of warcraft i've covered it before but it's like i was playing the game and i was like i didn't see another living soul and i was like i thought this was an mmo like it's like literally i could have been playing a single player game and i was like what like what am i doing here and yes i could have taken steps to make that alleviate but the way that it's structured is like one of the things i really find attractive about this game is that i'm constantly running around and I constantly see things that I might want to go look at, engage with. I see other players waving. Conversations have been just happening because everybody isn't off in their own little instance. There's mm. safe little space that they are going to have their loot protected and things like that. And so coming from an 11 background, Final Fantasy 11, I do uh, tend to appreciate that. But I think there are some legitimate concerns I have with World of Warcraft and how it's trained players to think of what an MMO is. I see like Paul saying... Uh, I can't judge the game till end game. Like Final Fantasy 11 for me, the end game started at level one. Wow. And even 14 has its end game. Like after you do this set number thing, you, you traverse through X and then eventually you get to the, to the real game, the end game. And I think essentially like that's not necessarily something healthy for long-term mental health, long-term gaming culture is that you have to get through this to, to enjoy that. And it's like, yeah. I really like, I, I view these games, RPGs in, in, in total, as it's about also the journey as opposed it, it, just as much as the destination. And I've, I've been just, that's one of the things I find ultimately attractive about the game is because it does speak to what I kind of my litmus test for when MMOs are that the current model, like I love final fantasy 14, but I play that as a final fantasy game first and then as an MMO. And I'm, I love that it gives me that, that flexibility. And I love that I can kind of hop into new world and I can just kind of craft and gather if I, if I only have a little bit of time they will need to figure out the login queue situation because 
it's not fun to sit down and say, all right, I got 40 minutes. Like as a dad, like I sat down and, and Lono, actually we're all dads here. Um, I literally was like, you know what? I feel like playing some horizon. Yeah. Horizon. That's a, like not the zero down, but horizon, the, the race car, um, Forza horizon. I was like, that's going to be fun. I'll just pop in. I, I sit down. It's 40 minute update. I go F it. I'm not going to, I, in 40, <laughs> in 40 minutes, I'm changing three diapers and I got to do the dishes and I got to somehow feed these kids. I'm not playing Forza Horizon today. Like it's like that's the reality of it. So it's like whatever I can kind of get in, do a little bit of whatever I feel like, and then I can just bounce out. That's the kind of gaming experience that I ultimately am looking to find. Anybody, anybody th- have any thoughts on what I just shared? Much, but there was one thing I noticed in New World, which I think is going to be really cool, and it's going to be something that helps to take off. I'm not sure if any of you went into the settings and saw the Twitch integration. Yeah, that's a really interesting aspect. Lona, do you have any thoughts on that? I know it's the, the purple platform, but I'm just like, that. It that's a unique hook. Yeah. It's yeah, it's an Amazon game, so I mean, it, it kind of makes sense um, to do that. Although, I, I've, I've continued to wonder if if Amazon and, and purple are going to continue to stay connected because they took the thing, the, the prime or whatever it was called, they turned it into prime gaming. Like they removed all the branding and I thought, well, maybe they're getting ready to get rid of this platform. Cause it's, it's got its own, it's got its own problems. It's not all that profitable, you know, but at the same time, maybe Amazon will keep it around for this, for this angle. Like the idea of like mm-hmm. having that integration is a bit of a hook. They like to do the, you know, the, the, the drops. It's so funny to me that drops still drive people to like watch a streamer and get the drops. Like everybody's going to have that stupid trinket and then nobody uses it because then everybody has it. <laughs> but but people are, Yeah. But people are always, they don't care. They're like, I need <laughs> yeah, this loot is loot. It's yeah, free. Loot, loot is loot. That's right. Dude, swag, man. Like it's, it's not a new concept. <laughs> like I went to this thing and I got swag and it's like, I'm going to put that on my wall. <laughs> Yeah. Anytime a game does that, though, they give away the trinket to everybody. Everyone's dying to get it, and then no one uses it because then everyone has it. Like, it's just so funny that that the novelty, the novelty wears off. And I do think companies could learn from that, though. Like, instead of giving away a specific trinket, like maybe give away a currency or something that they could use in game. So then it's a little bit more exciting because, I mean, we all know that drives viewership. Everyone's going in and trying to get mm-hmm. the drop, trying to get the thing. Um. At, at the, the end game discussion is interesting because it, it's such a catch 22 because no matter what you do, your core audience is going to live in the end game. Mm-hmm. But if you, fo- but if you focus too much on the end game, you shortchange the, the romance and sort of the yeah. runway to the end game. I always talked about games needing a well behind the wall. Like once you get over the wall of the initial game, there's this well of depth and things to do and just a a deep dive for your core audience. And it's so important to focus on that. But I think lately some companies focus so much on the well that the lead up to it is just not enjoyable or bad. Or I, I, I reference Borderlands three. The first playthrough is so mismanaged with scaling and leveling that people are like, well, it doesn't matter. Just rush through it and roll your play session over to the next one. I'm like, how dumb is that? Why would I want to do that? Like, there's a story, there's side quests, there's dialogue, and I'm not supposed to care about any of this. I'm supposed to rush through it. So with with a game like New World, that is, I think, an important question. Like, when does it tip over into Endgame? 
what does the end game look like? What am I actually doing? There's a huge focus on PvP. Mm -hmm. Is that going to drive people away? Can I completely ignore PvP and still feel like I'm enjoying my presence and time in New World? And it seems like that that might honestly be the rarity. It does seem like more of the time investment and care and passion will be the people that flag for PvP and try and take over map areas and stuff and, mm -hmm. and have the big battles. That, that seems to be a pretty hot focus, which I think has potential to make it stand out. I think that's why, the, um, to loop back the animation cancel, I do think that's why they're not allowing animation cancel. They're concerned about abuse of, of that in both endgame and pvp because you can if you can animation cancel you can really manipulate like macros and different things to just do silly things and kind of break the game so that's but, more than likely why it's it's action but it's still kind of trading and buffing and having to get out of the way like there's a syncopation to the combat so that you can't abuse that kind of stuff yes yeah, so you're gonna say something I was gonna say, um, like in fourteen, they have a uh, specific toolset, like a specific menu bar for different skills that you could use, and I'm pretty sure I'm not sure how um New World's PvP is, um, is it instance based? No, no, actually, is... so to educate everybody um, who doesn't know, because it's a really good question, because it actually does apply, right? Because uh, you do not need a PvP in New World. You can literally play the the whole game and the, and the quest and craft and I and never engage in a single fight whatsoever. When you're in a city or a sanctuary, this is what they called. Uh, you can then flag for PvP. So then you run out of the sanctuary. You can't not, like there's no fighting in towns. Uh, you run mm -hmm. out and you have like 30 seconds or something before it actually flags you. So even if you run out of town, no one knows you're flagged for PvP. It's not like oh we got 30 seconds there. We got a runner. Let's let's track him down right. So you run out, you just run out of town, and all, and then boom! It says then you're now flagged for PvP. It's faction based, and there's three factions currently in the game, and so you can then engage and in, in, in attack anybody who's red uh, nameplate of another faction. So there's no friendly fire. You can't hurt another person in your faction unless you both agree to do a duel, and dueling lasts up to five players. I think what's unique about this, about PvP, right? And this is where I really got frustrated with Destiny in the long run because like i never pve'd in destiny i was just a pvp'er and final fantasy 14 was my pve game i kind of always bounced between the two and then they decided they're going to delete like half the game so i was like all right i'll go experience some of this pve stuff and i was like oh that was really fun and then you know the the frozen you know expansion came out and i'm like great you know there's elsa let's go do this stuff and then uh and then i was like i'm just back in pvp and i'm like i felt like destiny hasn't done anything with that anything and i'm like all right well let me know when we do whatever halo infinite maybe maybe you'll be my new thing but i'm really excited for that because i actually enjoy pvp i think pvp is a sandbox mindset but as a content mindset it helps bridge gaps in pve content in curated design content gamers will consume there's like you'd have to be like a hundred million amazons to be able to produce enough content that a gamer especially a streamer or somebody who's a full-timer that could do in a in a week right like it's like i always kind of say as a as a content creator that's part-time and a dad here is like, I won't be first. I'll get there. I'll see you guys next. It's six months. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll grind out. I'll, I'll do the work, <laughs> but you guys get there in a week. I'll see you guys at the end of the end of the thing. I'm the, I'm the tortoise. Y'all the hair It is what it is, but I like that, the, the, how they have it. And then they have the forts. So they have forts that are part of zones. Those are open PVP. You wander into that. You're going to try to take over that zone. 
if you capture it, you get buffs for your entire your entire faction. So there's a real incentive if you're interested in PvP. If you're not, you can completely ignore it. And then they have the invasions. So they have a PvE style endgame content that's that attacks the cities and you defend it against you know non-players, against the, the, the waves of, of monsters. So I think at its start, I think what no matter what, four months in, people are gonna be like, man, I wish there was more content. If Amazon mm-hmm. can come out and say, and here's the new content, I think gamers will be like, oh, okay, let's keep going. Versus if it's like, hey, it's been a year, like what's going on? Like, okay, you know, that then I think you, that's where the, 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 the it's all gonna be about content. Content is king, and if you deliver content, you win. One of the things that's I think also uniquely that I don't see a lot of people talk about, but I see like Game Pass being a direct competitor against things like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy 14 and anything that requires a subscription because people get subscription fatigue. At some point, <laughs> see my voice, at some point in your life, you have to look at the budget and say, all right, do I pay for Disney Plus or do I play for Netflix? Like we're not watching two shows at once. What am I going to choose? What do you guys think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it It makes sense when, I don't know when it was, Phil Spencer said they viewed their competition as being Amazon yeah. and, and Google because mm-hmm. that's really where the money is. The money is in subscriptions, offering a service as opposed to selling hardware aware or, or trying to sell games. And you can really see Microsoft's long vision for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've continued to say I think they're an absolute sleeping giant. Everyone looks at PlayStation saturation numbers of hardware, but when you think about what's going to start happening with the, the PC gaming explosion that's happening all over the world and that Microsoft's unifying the platform, that subscription is just it, 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 that's it. That's all you need, mm-hmm. you know. When well, as cloud and, comes online over the next 5 to 10 years, and all of a sudden, like one of the things that I've talked to a bunch of hardcore gamers who are doctors and lawyers and and, and the such now, and they were like, hey, Brian, what you playing? They know I, I have a YouTube channel. So they always are curious, like, what's the hot game? Do they own a console or a PC? No. I told them about Stadia, Luma, and xCloud, and they're like, I'm in. Like, are you kidding me? I don't have to mm-hmm. like pay $400 or $1,000. I can just buy the game. Or if you're subscribed to whatever, you just get the game. Like, the, the gamers that have aged out but in busyness and where it doesn't financially make sense to try to keep up with the Joneses in terms of like gaming culture, like they're, they're prime for, uh, for cloud gaming, especially as internet in, in architecture improves across like all the various countries. But I think you're I mean, a thousand percent right. Go ahead, Cass. I was just going to say, can you imagine once they um, get the Xbox app on TVs? I know the Samsung TVs have it now, but it's not widespread anywhere else. But can you imagine once the xCloud app is just on your TV, you can hook your controller up, and then when you're just coming back from work, sat down, had your shower, had your meal, sit in your living room, oh, just press the button, TV comes on, and you've got your whole Game Pass catalog just sitting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's for what, ten ninety nine? Who in their right mind will say no to that? Well, I'm 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 a I'm a lifer on that stuff because I I I love my Game Pass and the fact that I can now do X Cloud and, and stuff like that. Just like I was talking about Horizon, like if, sitting down and waiting for an update is is a deal breaker for a busy man. 
um and and just literally just i just want to boot up something i just want i got 15 minutes that's where i think we've seen the explosion of mobile is because mobile mm -hmm. is catering to people and people are like oh mobiles uh, gamers aren't gamers it's like i guarantee you, you'll find yourself on the opposite side of this at some point if you keep thinking that way and then you're gonna be like oh i'm not i guess I'm, and i've seen people go i guess i'm not a real gamer anymore because i play mobile games i don't like mobile games but they're convenient they're accessible and i think the gen i think i think microsoft is focusing on accessibility and one mm -hmm. of the things that's always irritated me, I know I, I, I piss PlayStation fans off and I'm, I'm I console agnostic. Like I honestly just don't care. Like play wherever you want, however you want. It does not bother me. I think Halo should be on PlayStation. I think for the Halo's sake, it just makes sense. But everybody's got the brand loyalty. That being said, I don't think PlayStation's selling better. Like you go, oh, PlayStation 4 sold what? Like 105, 110 million units. It still has not outsold a PlayStation 2. Oh, PlayStation 2 had a DVD player. Big freaking whoop. Like it's years later, how many more gamers have been created? And yet you have not sold. Like if you were looking at a growth pattern, console sales aren't in a growth pattern. They're in a like race to the, to the thing that we've already done over and over again. And that's where I see Microsoft going and saying, we're going to try to reach beyond a hundred million. We're going to try to reach a billion. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to try to reach beyond that. And we're going to do that because there's nations that are coming online for the first time that have no loyalty to a brand. And it's just to say, hey, your phone is now this. You can play all these incredible games. Just, you know, like, here's your here's your little fee. And that's essentially already training the next generation of gamers. So everybody who's like, like, same thing with the free free to play games. The fact that this is uh, New World still buy to play, it boggles my mind because the generate, like the next generation gamers have already been trained that you don't buy your games. You, yeah. you get nickel and dimed. And it's like, as much mm -hmm. as people say, like, we need to make a stand, I go, like you need to sit here and educate parents and children if you want to have any impact on the gaming industry, because that's literally what is replacing you, uh, unless you for some reason find the fountain of youth. And then if you do, share that. <laughs> One, the people that get weird about mobile gaming kind of crack me up. It's like mobile gaming is the largest gaming sector in the world, and this is why the Switch is so popular because it is obviously it's Nintendo and it sells better in the Asian market. And the Asian market is where the mobile gaming sort of just suddenly skyrockets up. Oh, yeah. You look globally. And the Steam Deck, we, we my producer and I were just talking about this. The Steam Deck, Steam wants other companies to make the device as well. So if you imagine like gaming laptops, you've got Alienware and you've got mm -hmm. all these other companies that make them. Steam is totally okay with other companies making Steam decks because, you know, increase the power, all that, you know, figure out how to make it faster, better, more powerful because it's not that strong. Like it's, it's good for what it's going to offer. So that being able to do a, a whole market shift of like, well, now you got Steam and then they're, they're going to have a mobile gaming device. And if you combine that with the fact that they're like totally okay with you installing Microsoft on it and then xCloud yeah the, the the subscription based model will have a massive market that it doesn't matter where you play or what device you have exactly you're, you're just your games are with you and then that's going to be a huge selling point to where i love my playstation 5 and i can't wait for some of the games that are going to hit it but in 10 years we'll probably think very differently about mm -hmm. buying a super expensive box to hook up to our tv like, right Sony will probably be fine for at least one more console generation, but eventually you got to think, man, that generational shift's going to happen. Like people aren't going to think this way. I mean, what, what do you mean? I need a, a, a console. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's, right. it's like when my nephews were playing Fortnite. one's on a phone, one's on a switch, one's on a console and one's on a PC. And that expectation and almost like gamer schema is going to spread. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to understand like, 
why do I need all that? I should just be able to play on this device or I should be able to play wherever I am. And that'll, that'll change expectations and the free to play. That's why I question longevity of player base for both new world and battlefield. Because they're attempting to do something that's very strange right now. Like there's a price hurdle at the front door and that's so different for people right now, you know, and Mm. the battlefield portal announcement I think really tipped people to say, well, it's worth it now. It's It's got almost like a second game built into it. And New World, without doing subscription, I think that'll be their justification to be like, well, you don't pay a subscription, you buy to get in. And that's why the beta was probably a good choice yeah. to let people pre-order, try it. And if you don't like it, you can always cancel your pre-order. I thought that was probably one of the better decisions they make. And with hitting a 190,000 concurrent peak, a lot of people tried it out. Yeah, and I think that's... Go ahead, Cass. To me, it's always been a weird thing why they didn't just leave it open to everyone to try, considering as an IP, it's new. You want as many people trying it as possible. If you think like maybe a 20% Uh. attach rate from that 190,000, or probably less, that are going to stick around. I don't know, You want as many people trying it um, as possible and making it as accessible as possible because there is no subscription. That game is going to live and die by its microtransactions. So the more people it can have coming in, trying the game and enjoying it, the better, in my yeah, opinion. But um, uh, I think it was yeah. a bad decision. I, I think it's more about having them do a spin-up. It's a slow growth mechanism. Uh, I think the worst uh, case scenario is for New World to be the new hotness day one. We've seen the decline in WoW, and the question is, is what's going to happen with them, especially with the recent Blizzard, a- a- you know, allegations uh, that are that are unfolding. Um, we're going to be talking with Hoglaw uh, on the, another podcast coming up. Uh, he's did a, an incredible video going through the legality of essentially kind of there's two parts to that entire story. First, there's the part of unfair wages and payment. That's mathematically provable or disprovable. And Hogue's talking about like, it's not really like present in the document. The document doesn't paint a clear sense that people are being discriminated financially against. But that doesn't mean that that's not happening. That's going to be harder to prove. But then you also have just the the criminal aspect of harassment and stuff like that uh, plaguing uh, these companies. And and just like that aspect, which essentially evokes like, you know, rage and like frustration and anger and and pain uh, to a wide range of people for all various different reasons. And so the, the question is, is that, like, are we seeing the decline of, of Blizzard? Are we seeing the decline of World of Warcraft, especially in this era? And is that something going to work out in the benefit of other games? And I think WoW is, like, just to be honest, I'm not a fan of the game. Like, I just, I'm never connected with it. I could never seem to connect with it. Um, so I don't have a nostalgic for it. So me playing Shadowlands by myself was just like, all right, this is silly. Like, what am I doing here? All right, I'm just going to go play what I want to play and have fun. And that's just like my personal bias tipping that over into it is saying that like it could easily be a phenomenon like people look at it as this this pinnacle and it was the right game at the right time for a lot of people and it and it lit the world on fire and then it held on to that and then over time it is it's just become what it is so i don't think mmos really have reached that like popular success that i think wow was just this random like thing that just kind of happened because MMOs were growing, but they were never this, they were never like this big thing. And we've seen even still like Fortnite. He's coughing folks. We're going to narrate the cough. It's a bad one. 
got a couple more left yep. in the chamber. He mentioned Fortnite. I've actually said that I feel that Fortnite is potentially using the Battle Royale as a testing ground for like a really, really big MMO because they have so much research that they could pour into the the mechs, the planes, the building, the housing, the weapons, the the world. Like I've always thought that there is there is some sort of a background research project. They're big live events, the big monsters. It's like if somebody wanted to build an incredibly just nuts, awesome, accessible MMO, it would be epic. Like they could apply everything they've learned from Fortnite uh, into that. And the graphical style would probably be the only hangup for a lot of people. But other than that, I, I think that they, they have, they have more information about player behavior and in-game mechanics and and balance than almost any game in existence right now just from how how popular their game has been and it feels like every other week they were doing something crazy with the game no i agree um epic have a trove of information that they can pull upon and branch it out to any way they want they're sitting on a gold mine and one day when they do finally decide to branch out into something else that's not Fortnite, I think the world is going to be very surprised with what they actually come out with, including me. Yeah, my voice is like going away. <laughs> that's the worst when that happens. Like I've had that happen before in a broadcast, like you get a tickle and there is no, there's no rest from it. Like you just can't get it to go away. Yeah, it just, it just hurts. I think that's a good enough time to end the show because we're, yeah. we're pretty much at an hour hour. Now that my voice is failing, and so cold suck, man. Cold Thank suck. You. Chaos, will you take us out? Because my voice is just not going to do it today. That's cool. Um, I don't know. Do you want to let people know where we can they can find you? Uh yeah. Best way to find me is you can look up SNTR Presents on YouTube or SNTRPresents.com. That'll take you to the YouTube channel. That's the central hub. That's where everything kind of spawns out of. Uh, we start there every day, Monday through Friday. Talk show in the morning, gameplay in the afternoons. And then if you prefer the shorter content, shorter uploads, there's the SNTR Shorts channel. That is that's essentially just segments from the live show. If 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 a, if a live broadcast isn't a good fit for you, there's that channel as well. Well, um, you can find me over at YouTube at Chaos Prime ZYT, where my younger son has started doing streams. Good on him. Um, you can also find me over at Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Chaos Prime ZYT, where I'm streaming Final Fantasy 14 content and some Genshin Impact. Now, if uh, Brian isn't dying over there, <laughs> I'm not dying. Can, uh, it's just it's, it's right. Like, Lionel says it right. Like and it's that will literally, be the end of this. it's literally like this tickle, and it's mm -hmm. like go away, <laughs> and then it's like all right, my body wants to cough, and it's like all right, at least like, I have the mute button. That the way only thing that ever that. helps me with that is to not cough. Is to do really hard throat clears. That's the only thing. Like the, that, <clears throat> like that. That's the only thing that works when I when I get that tickle is that does water help. and that does help. Oh my work. gosh, I was just doing that. Pro yeah. tip, guys, and I and I do see the tea. So I'm gonna. I had some tea before the show. I'm gonna get some more tea after this. So, well, my voice is fading, guys. You know where I'm at. You're here. Uh, I would tech, I would uh, check out Ginger Gaming Radio if you want to. You missed the show. And also subscribe to the MP3 pop <laughs> MP3 format uh, for more content, guys. I appreciate y'all. Thanks so much for being here for Epic Loot Radio. My name is Brian. That's uh, Chaos and Lono. Thank you so much for making 
time today to talk with us. We love you guys. I can finish this thought. You're amazing. And we'll see you next time. Take care.